Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 24. I'm your host, Dustin, and as we have with us... This is Apple. This is Savannah. We are bringing you all your movie, TV, merchandise, video game news from the last two weeks, along with Spotlight Character, who in this episode we are going to cover Orca, also known as Grace Ballin, and for our feature, we are going to start a three-part feature where we talk about the Batman video games. So... Let's jump right into movie news. So what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. We don't have a whole lot of news to cover, but there is a little bit of movie news that is some relevance that we need to cover. The very first thing that we need to cover is that on January 8th, all of the People's Choice Awards that The Dark Knight was nominated for, it won. It won all five. Yeah. Triumph. That's not too surprising, but it's still pretty awesome. Right. So the, the awards that it won was favorite movie, favorite action movie, favorite cast, favorite on-screen matchup, Christian Bale and Heath Ledger, and then favorite superhero, Christian Bale, is Bruce Wayne Batman. So we all knew this was going to happen. Hopefully the Oscars can somewhat reflect what the People's Choice Awards said since the Dark Knight's been seeming to be getting snubbed on some awards as of late. Yeah, they're just like, should we give it to the Dark Knight? And yes, you should. <laughs> yeah, it should be pretty obvious. All right, so on to also on January 8th, Warner Brother announced that the Burton Shoemaker Batman films are coming to Blu-ray. The Batman, the motion picture anthology 1989 to 1997, which was released back in 2006, this is a four-part series, the ones that everyone remembers being the two-disc special edition versions of each movie are going to be released on Blu-ray in that exact same set. The Batman, the motion picture, anthology 1989-1997. So, as of March 1st, you can pick these up on Blu-ray. Now, this is kind of squashing some rumors that were floating around about the 1989 Batman movie coming out this year on Blu-ray as a 20th anniversary special edition. And that was supposed to be on Blu-ray. So my question is, do you think they're still going to do that? Or is this just going to be the Blu-rays that we see from Warner Brothers for now? We have to take it as with the anniversary because the 89 film, the the time and the take that it was, I mean, especially with Batman being in black, the way he came out, for the, the, the fans that were around at that time, that was that was something big. That was something huge. And the impact that that film had and the time in that period, it was amazing. So I hope Warner Brothers does recognize that and does bring out a special edition. I don't know what they can possibly add to it because just like the anthology, the one that we, we had got, it had a whole bunch of behind the scenes. And I mean, especially the little segment with Bob Kane, that thing was awesome. So... If they have more in store for us, that would be awesome. Batman fans want that. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, yes, they're probably going to do something for the 20th anniversary, but I'm going to guess it's going to be repackaging because they pulled out all the stops for the last release. I don't know what they can do, but it's not unheard of to come out with regular release for format change and then an anniversary release, so... 
Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's possible that they could still do the 20th anniversary. It's just very strange because at first the rumor that was floating around was it's going to come out in January. Now January's almost over, and we still haven't seen it, or obviously at this point heard anything except for the motion picture sets coming out. And now, as we get past January, it's not going to happen any time in the next couple months if they have already announced that they're releasing the motion picture anthology because that would be basically a negated point for anybody who goes out there to buy the motion picture because you could buy the 89 one by itself. And at the same time, why would you buy the 89 one if you're going to get the same thing in the set, which is probably going to end up being cheaper if you buy them all together rather than it's separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I think Savannah might be having a point there where they might just do a repackaging. But hey, it's coming out on Blu-ray, so that's awesome too. All right, so on January 8th, the 14th Annual Critics' Choice Awards were held, and The Dark Knight was nominated for a total of six awards and ended up receiving two of the awards, Best Action Movie and Heath Ledger won for Best Supporting Actor. So hopefully this is a clue that... The awards should be stacking up on the way to the Oscars. Ah, this is so this is so good to see that the Dark Knight is doing so well. I mean, it's recognized with the awards, but you know, the one that we're coming down to, the Super Bowl one, hopefully they do recognize the Dark Knight. Yeah, that's what people are gonna remember as if it won an Oscar, so we just have to hope. But that is pretty cool. Alright, so also on January eighth, Charles Roven Obviously, as we all know, the producer for The Dark Knight and Batman Begins, he talked to MTV News about the possibility of doing a sequel. So we're going to play a clip of what he said, and then we'll talk about it. When everybody at MTV loves a movie, we want to see another movie, you know, another sequel. So have, have the Nolan speak, spoken to you yet about any ideas or anything? You know, I know that Chris uh, and uh, David uh, uh, Goyer are, are, are talking and they're thinking and... Um, we're hoping, of course, that they find uh, and, and rest on something that they'll find is, is worthy to do, but we don't know anything more than you do right now. Okay. Is it safe to say that they'll stick with, like, realistic villains and not, like, super-powered kind of, you know, the, the crazier villains? Uh, I mean, all, all I can say, because I really don't know more than you do, is that uh, I see no reason why, tonally, uh, Chris would do anything different than he's done on the first two films. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I couldn't help, you know, you can't help but notice when you watch the film that uh, the Joker lives, but, you know, Two-Face, unfortunately, passes away. Um, if you could go back in time, knowing what you know now about the unfortunate passing of Heath, would you have done anything different? Would you have preferred, you know, that different villains had lived and died, you know, if they could continue? Um, you know, I think we have to separate uh, the actor from the role, and uh, so... Uh, you know, Heath, on a personal level, Heath uh, was a friend of mine. Uh, we had worked together before The Dark Knight. Uh, but I still think that uh, The Dark Knight is its own thing, and we have to separate them. And uh, uh, So I guess the answer is I, I think we would have still done the same thing. All right, so that's what Charles Roven had to say. And with that, it confirms our thoughts from the last podcast as well as everything that's been kind of accumulating every, ever since the Blu-ray event not even the BD Live event but the Blu-ray event that Warner Brothers hosted for the release of The Dark Knight on Blu-ray where Chris Nolan basically has been saying all along he's kind of got some ideas and then it moves along to yes we have some ideas then it moves along into yes we definitely have some ideas we're just trying to make sure it's all worked 
doubt. I'm thinking he's coming back. That's just my opinion. I think so too because I mean, if you have something and you created something from watching it when it was just nothing to grow this size, I mean, you're not going to let that go. This is like your baby. Oh, something about having the producer already in on it is a good sign, I suppose. Even though it seems like he knows as much as the rest of us, just the fact that he's talking about it seems like, you know, everybody's in on it, kind of. Yeah, it's like a, the, the secret that, that no one can talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, everyone, <laughs> but they're talking somehow, about it. Yeah, exactly. Somehow <laughs> yeah. something about it. All right, so that's going to move us on to Sunday, January 11th. That's when the Golden Globes were held. Heath Ledger won for his performance in The Dark Knight for an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture. And the award was accepted by Christopher Nolan on Heath's behalf. So that's another award. So hopefully, at this point, Heath has pretty much won every single award for supporting actors. So the Oscars announcements are happening as you listen to this podcast, the Oscar announcements have actually already happened. But hopefully this is a good clue of what's to come at the Oscars. Yes. I hope so. Yeah, we're going to be throwing Batman parties, so that way we can hope to have the Dark Knight win award. All right, so then we go on to January 12th. Now, at the Golden Globe Awards, Aaron Eckhart was walking down the red carpet, and, of course, MTV News, as always, is right there asking the questions that everybody wants to hear, which is... Is Harvey coming back for Batman 3? Now, we initially were told way back when when filming first started for The Dark Knight that Maggie Gyllenhaal, Aaron Eckhart, Heath Ledger, they were all contracted for at least two movies. This is basically something that happens all the time. Everyone who is in the Fantastic Four movies were contracted for three. Whether or not they do three or not, it doesn't matter. You contract them so that if Chris Nolan decides to put them in the third one, they're there, they're settled, there's nothing that they can do about backing out or anything like that. So that was the whole idea. As we know, Heath Ledger obviously has passed, so he's not necessarily going to be able to be in the third movie. Aaron Eckhart's character was killed at the end of The Dark Knight, and Maggie Gyllenhaal's character was killed as well. So the question, ladies, what is Aaron Eckhart even, what kind of things can he even talk about? Well, he did an interview with MTV, very brief, we're going to play the clip, and then we'll talk about it. I believe in Harvey Dent being alive still. Tell me, <laughs> this guy, he's not dead. Come on. Give me something. Give me something. I, I, I literally can't. I mean, I think Harvey is in, if he's not dead, and he's in a serious coma, and uh, I'm not sure if he's coming out. I might, they might pull the plug on him. I don't know. Am I reading too much into that knowing laugh? Uh, <laughs> Uh, there it is again. <laughs> there it is. The knowing laugh. Um, Harvey. We'll see you in a couple of years, it sounds like. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, Harvey. Harvey. <laughs> what, what villain would you like to see in the next film besides two Well, I think, you know, I'm like I said, you know, I, I just kind of listen to every, what everybody else is saying. You know, I think Angelina Jolie would be a fantastic Catwoman or uh, Johnny Depp would be a good um, Riddler and all that sort of stuff. So, so many possibilities. Chris is such an amazing genius that uh, he'll come up with something great. Have fun tonight, man. Right, good guys. to see you. See you later. Alright, so basically, is Two-Face dead? I would say yes, but the way that he was acting in that clip, they may be having flashbacks maybe, going back to what everybody's wondering who was the fifth person that supposedly two-face killed in there there was five people that he killed so a flashback perspective maybe 
Oh, I didn't think about that. See, I was looking at it and being conflicted because, I mean, Christopher Nolan doesn't seem like the kind of person who would change his mind or try to mess with the press and everyone by saying, oh, this character's dead, and then suddenly bringing him back. But then he was acting like he couldn't talk about it, which indicates he's going to be in the next one. Otherwise, he would have just said, no. <laughs> so... I, right. Flashback is a good point. So yeah, the, the flashback idea I think is a valid point, but at the same time, it just seems as if that would be the obvious choice. And everyone's had their own little opinions and hypothesis of what's going to happen with the third one. And there has been some out there saying that you know Harvey's not dead. Well, Aaron Eckhart was going around on the media tour for the Dark Knight, saying that Chris Nolan said, "Hey, you're dead as a doornail." You know, you're not, yeah. you're, you're <laughs> yeah. not coming back, so you know, that's life. You're just not coming back. F but for him to answer now with this weird, absurd answer of, uh, well, um, uh, I don't know, might, might be, are they playing with us? Because it's not Nolan doing it, and I don't find Nolan to be that kind of guy like Michael Bay right. Transformers who puts out all kinds of false information. But at the same time, this isn't Nolan. This is Aaron Eckhart. And he just might, you know, he, he knows how successful this franchise is. And mm -hmm. if I was him, I'd try to stick in it, too. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Uh, and, you know, and the thing is that all options are open right now because of how massive the movie was and successful. Uh, all the avenues have to remain open. And they have to bring them back in an aspect uh, and maybe in a flashback. But the thing is that Christopher Nolan is always going to stay true to how we always said about his story. Whatever the story was, he's going to stay true to that. That's that's the way these guys work. Would it be very cool if somehow, you know, Two-Face was actually not dead, but he was in Arkham Asylum or something because of what happened? They wanted to keep the White Knight aspect in the film, and maybe they just fake that he was dead they can write that into the story and i'm pretty sure david goyer and jonathan and chris man they probably got something up their sleeve you know he does that you know he does that though. <laughs> yeah. he always got something up his sleeve he always does all right so that's the the only talk we've got about the dark knight sequel that's pretty much all the movie news but here is one thing as a reminder to everyone the Dark Knight is now back in select theaters and in IMAX. As you listen to this podcast, it's back in theaters. So go check it out, see it at least once, and then hopefully we can knock Titanic off the record books. Once, I am going to be there at least two or three times at the IMAX. It's not in any of the select theaters in my town, so somebody's got to see it three or four times for my sake. Mm -hmm. If you think I've been bad news before... <laughs> All right, so that's going to bring us right into TV news. Nothing really to report except for Batman the Brave and the Bold is still having new episodes throughout the month of January and going into February. I think they, they said that the first two weeks they're going to have brand new episodes as well. So continue to watch that show. I'm loving it. They just had the episode with Dead Man, and the episode this coming week is going to have the old Blue Beetle and the new Blue Beetle. So that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, the last so, one had the gentleman ghost in it, so that was that was pretty cool too. Really? All right. So then, going into merchandise news, last week was the release of the Gotham City Joker Thug, the robbery clown one that we had talked about. It was such a hot item, and for fans that might have put it on reserve, 
you might not have received it at your comic store. And the reason why is because they received more orders than they actually produce of that actual doll. So for some fans, I know I know it's it's sad, but you're going to have to go through either eBay or Amazon. And right off the bat, the thing was already selling for 175 So I went to a comic convention. And they already had it listed at $245. So hopefully your fans were able to get it. If you weren't, uh, it's going to have to go through eBay or something like that for that, guys. Once again, not a whole lot of news. We'll get solicitations and all the stuff coming out from DC Direct as well as all the comics. We'll get those this coming week. So next week on the Comic Cast, you'll get all the comic solicitations that were announced. As well as, obviously, you can check out the website as soon as the stuff gets announced as well. You can listen. And that's going to lead us into video game news. Not a whole lot in video game news, guys. Just some small hints. Some news came out about the Batman Arkham Asylum game. Some of the elements, some of the gameplay that fans have been waiting to hear about. It seems it's going to have some RPG elements. But what that is, is that you're going to have to be skill- skilling up your level in order to maybe get a better Batarang or develop your skills more. So that's some of the news. They weren't real specific on it, but they said that it's going to share some RPG elements on that. Also on the sad news, we'll go ahead and go into this in depth and this later in our feature probably in the next podcast. But the latest news as of January 16th that was coming out was that the Dark Knight video game that was being made by Pandemic looks like it was canned. At the end of December, EA lost the IP for Batman. So fans, it looks like the, the game might have been actually really done and canceled we'll go ahead and talk about this more there's more to talk about this video game we will we want to go ahead and give it the you know the proper respect that it should have gotten and should have deserved and we'll go ahead and go in depth into that in the next podcast tune in tomorrow same bat time same bat channel all right so that's going to bring us right over into our spotlight character as mentioned earlier, the spotlight character for this episode is Orca. Now, this one was requested way back when from a listener, and it slips my mind. I just have a list of all the ones that people requested. So this is a better time than any to do this character. So let's jump right into learning about Orca. Orca is a fictional DC Comics supervillain who first appeared in Batman number 579. Grace Ballin attends Gotham Gate College and quickly becomes fascinated with the ocean. She receives a PhD in marine biology and biomedicine and takes a job at the Gotham Aquarium. She's a very charitable person who funds an after-school program involving the ocean for underprivileged youth. She also volunteers at a soup shelter and, and takes care of many homeless people. Dr. Bellin is later involved in an accident that leaves her paralyzed, dependent on a wheelchair for mobility. She continues to work at the Gotham Aquarium until it is supposed to be closed for lack of funding. Grace experiments with spinal cord tissue regeneration using Orca's spinal cord tissue. The gene therapy studies and human experimentation that she was conducting becomes the cause of her loss of funding. It is implied that Grace used a chemical formula that she derived from an Orca whale in the aquarium on herself, and this is what caused her to transform into Orca. She is able to easily switch between being Orca and her regular appearance as Dr. Balin. Orca then begins a crime spree in Gotham City by stealing a valuable diamond called the Flame of Persia from rogue millionaire Camille Baden-Smythe. 
After the theft of the diamond, Batman became involved. Orchid aims to sell the diamond, use the proceeds to help fund several projects for underprivileged people. After her attempt to sell the diamond back to Camille Baden Smythe failed, Orca attempts to kill her. Camille's security force shoots Orca several times, mortally wounding her. She begins changing back into Dr. Balin, telling Batman that the only way that she would survive is if he gave her the rest of the chemical formula that turned into Orca. Batman agrees, and she drinks the formula. She then reveals that she can never change from her Orca form again, and that she will continue her villainous ways. She swims away before Batman could apprehend her. It is revealed that the jewel was then sold to its original owner, and that the money was used to build a new recreation center near the aquarium, as well as to approve waterfront apartments. Following her first encounter with Batman, Orca is not seen again until she appears as a prisoner in the slab during the Joker's Last Laugh riots. She's able to escape during the riots with King Shark. During one year later, Orca is found dead in the sewers under Gotham City. She appears to have been shot in the head by Harvey Dent's gun. Although Batman is convinced Dent is not the killer, her body has been partially eaten by Killer Croc. Orca's husband, Terry, was murdered by the tally man while he was being questioned about the disappearance of his wife by private investigator Jason Bard. During the investigation, it is revealed that Orca was working for the Penguin, along with now-deceased supervillains KGBs and the Ventriloquist. Someone had contracted Orca and the other supervillains to turn on the Penguin and rob one of his storage facilities. Harvey Dent catches them and instructs them to stay loyal to Penguin and to get any information they could about him. Harvey Dent is the prime suspect in their murders, but it turns out they were orchestrated by the Great White, who plans on becoming the number one crime boss in Gotham. He manages to kill two birds with one stone, he weakens the Penguin's forces, and manages to turn Harvey Dent back into Two-Face. The powers and abilities of Orca is that she has enhanced strength and endurance, she's an excellent swimmer, and at complete ease in water, Orca is able to swim underwater for long periods without taking a breath. So there's everything you need to know about Orca. She's never been on a figure as far as being in a TV show. She's never been in any of the TV shows either. And I hope that we've answered all the questions that, and I apologize for forgetting who it was, but whoever emailed me a long time ago and said to do Orca, I hope that answers all your questions. That's all I wanted to know. All right, so that's going to take us into our feature. As I said earlier, this is going to be the first part of a three-part series about Batman video games. Now let's dive into a little bit of a better explanation of how we're going to do this. This episode we're going to cover the history of the Batman video games. The next episode we are going to talk more in depth about the Dark Knight video game being cancelled or canned, as well as aspects that we would really want to see in Batman video games. And then the third part of this feature is going to be, basically we want you guys to go onto the forums and let us know what you would want to see in a Batman video game, and then we're going to read those on air and discuss them as well. So, as you listen to this, you can already start putting those ideas out into the thread, and then we'll add them all up and talk about them on the very last part of this feature. Alright, so that's going to bring us into video game history. The very first game we're going to talk about is Batman 1986, which was for Amsterdam CPC, Amsterdam PCW, CX Spectrum, and MSX. Now, I didn't have any of these systems because I didn't have a computer at that age. <laughs> Not like they are now, but I wish I would have been able to play this, so. Yeah, I wasn't alive, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I was uh, I was crawling around at that point. I, I was uh, pretty much just born at that point. I didn't have any of these systems as I was uh, zero years old as well. So we'll have to go into the next one as we move along. Hopefully we'll have ones that some of us were alive for. <laughs> All right, so that's going to move us into Batman and Cape Crusader in 1988. This was for ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, Commodore Amiga, and PC. Yes. Now, the Commodore 64 is, it was more relative that, you know, people were starting to own the video game systems, kind of, you know, when Nintendo was getting bigger and bigger. The Commodore 64, this video game, the Batman Cape Crusader, this was a fun game, but it wasn't really popular. It was really hard to find, actually. Here where I live, when, when I was younger, I had a call, like, the place, like, in a mall, and I think they only had, like, two of them. And so I think that was like, it was like the only place that you could ever find them. So I was able to get this. I was able to play it. And of course, I played it for hours. It was fun. <laughs> I wasn't alive. <laughs> yeah, as, as for myself, I was two years old, still not playing any video games. All right, let's move right along to Batman 1989 to, 1989 to 1990. This was for NES, Sega Mega Drive, MSX, ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, Amsterdam CPC, GX 4000, Amiga, Atari ST, Game Boy, PC Engine, and IBM PC. Wow. Yeah. This video game right here was the one that everybody got of Batman. You had to have this video game because the movie was out and everybody was seeing the movie. The video game came out and this thing was like sold out. But the thing was that what was so memorable about this video game was the soundtrack. Everybody can remember the music from this video game and they can all remember if you know anybody that was alive back then that had the Nintendo had a Sega and you were telling them you had to bounce off the wall you try to beat the Joker with the batterings how did you do that you know you have to wait right here and jump this way <laughs> it was just so much fun man this was this is till this day is one of my favorite Batman video games still wasn't alive <laughs> <laughs> this could take a while <laughs> alright so for me, I actually never played this one, but I had a friend who had this game when I was got older, but I never actually played it. He had the game, but he never he didn't he didn't have the system anymore to play it on. So, I was unfortunate never to be able to actually play this. But that's going to move us into our next one, which is Batman 1990, which is an arcade game, which I this was the very first Batman game I actually was able to play. Now, I was only four years old when this first came out, but it was around for a while at, you know, Chuck E. Cheese and some other places. So this one, I actually had the ability to actually play. Yes, yeah. even I played it. <laughs> it was around that oh, much longer. Was... You finally came around, <laughs> huh, Savannah? I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this was a, this took a lot of my quarters. So. All right, so then we move along to Batman Return of the Joker, which was also called Batman Revenge of the Joker, and this was 91 and 92. This was for NES, Sega Mega Drive, Genesis, and Game Boy. Yeah, now the significance about this video game was is that a lot of fans kind of read into the point that, oh man, the Joker's going to come back in the next movie, all right, you know, we're going to get to see Jack Nicholson again. And, well, he didn't. And so, but the, nevertheless, when it came out, a lot of fans were kind of mixed because everybody was on the movie trip we wanted to see pictures from the movie and they used the comic book version of batman and the joker on this one and so we, everybody had mixed emotions but of course batman fans we bought it 
played it, and of course stayed up for hours. I guess I missed this one because I was really young, and it's not like the last one where it stayed around in the very sad Chuck E. Cheese forever. <laughs> <laughs> this one left stores after a while, so I missed out on this one. And I too also missed out on this one. Never really, I never actually saw this game. Although I do know that when Apple was talking about doing, it was based off the comics. It was a lot of Neil Adams stuff from the seventies. All right, bring us to Batman Returns, which obviously was based off the movie. This was released in 1993 on another long list of systems: Atari Lynx, Sega Game Gear, NES, Sega Master System. Sega Mega Drive Genesis, Sega Mega CD, Super NES, Commodore Amiga, and PC. The Batman Returns one, it, this one was fun, but the biggest thing that gamers were talking about was the detail that video games were starting to get. You could start to see, you were talking about bricks, you were talking about the background, you were talking about like the different kind of graphics that were in there. And this video game, it came with very good graphics. And fans were kind of like blown away. Now, it wasn't like the 89, but you had the little side scrolling and Batman looked cool. His cape extended it. And that was real nice. We were like having fun with that. It was an awesome game. This was an awesome game. I, was, I still love playing these games. I still own all these old systems. At 93, it was an awesome game. But compared to the 89, mm, it, it missed a little bit of that little thing that makes a video game memorable. But nevertheless, this was an awesome video game. I think this was another one that I missed. I don't remember it. I guess, well, I was only one, and then maybe it didn't stay around very long. But Plus, I was never into the Sega, Mega, or anything. I was a Game Boy girl. So... Yeah, for this one, I remember playing this, the, the thing I remember specifically about this game was the Batmobile level, which was like the coolest thing about this game when it when it was, when was I played it, was the fact that you got to be in the Batmobile, and there was a level or a game mode that you could play where you're driving through Gotham in the Batmobile, and that was probably the coolest thing around, because at the time, that was one of the very first games that I remember ever actually being in a vehicle driving down the road. Alright, so then that's going to take us into Batman the Animated Series, which was also released in 1993, obviously based off the TV series, and this was strictly for only Game Boy. Yes. Now, this one, actually, when you went to, I don't know what other place, but at the time I went to uh, Toys R Us, and the Game Boy ones, they were actually having deals. If anybody can remember that, if you bought a Game Boy, you could get the Batman animated series video game to come with it. And so this is, I remember this one because this is why I bought a Game Boy for was the Batman <laughs> animated series. So it was like a package deal. So it was like a package deal. So I was able to get it. And so I was just going into high school and, you know, you know, football practice was going on, soccer practice was going on. I would be right there with my Game Boy and I'll be playing the heck out of this video game. I do remember this one vaguely. It must have just bought it somewhat old, but I do remember playing that one and it was a Game Boy game and that it's an experience that I miss sometimes. The tiny little controls on the tiny little screen. Definitely don't have that anymore. I don't remember this game very much. A lot of people that I knew didn't have Game Boy. A lot of people were more into the Sega Game Gear at the time. But I don't remember this one. But going into the next one, which is The Adventures of Batman and Robin 1994, another one based off the TV series. This one was for Super NES, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, and Sega Game Gear. 
Now, I do remember this one. Let's hear your thoughts. Okay, this one, you would know anybody that ever played this video game because they will always tell you, how the heck did you get past Poison Ivy? How did you get past that <laughs> stage? Because that was one of the little niches about this video game. For some reason, the Poison Ivy stage was always the hardest one for gamers to beat. This was also a good game. And the thing was that it copied the, not like the Game Boy version of the, the 93 version, but the, the 94 Batman, the Adventures of Batman and Robin, it copied the cartoon so much that you had so much fun, you thought you were in the cartoon. And I loved that video game too. It was a Sega, so I was well, not. It was Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo too. Oh, I didn't have one of those either. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember this one. The thing that I remember most about this game was that you could use back gadgets, which was, which was really cool. And that's some of the things that, as we move along this list, they kind of it seems like they had the right idea a longer time ago. But then as time moved on, it was like, eh. We're not going to bother with that because this game, I remember you could use all the different bag gadgets and some of them you had to use in order to complete specific levels. So this game was awesome. Like Apple said, this was like you actually felt like you were in the cartoon. Dang, I yeah. want to go back and get a Super Nintendo for this thing. Yes, do it. <laughs> that, that game, is, this one was special, much like the 89 version of the Batman video game, this one was equally as good or maybe a slight better only because it kept the aspect of the cartoon. And that was the point of this video game that fans liked. It was real fun. All right, so then it's going to bring us into Justice League Task Force, which was released in 1995 on Super NES, Sega Mega Drive, and Sega Genesis. Now, we're not really going to go into too depth about this one, but... Justice League Task Force, as most of you know, is a comic series, and that's pretty much what it was based off of. So, Oh, yeah, and fans got their chance to play with the, I'm sorry, I'm not a Superman hater, but Superman was in there. <laughs> but a lot of fans wanted to play with Superman. That's why they picked up this video game. Of course, I picked it up to play with Batman. But this was this was an okay game. This is one of those games that you don't really hold it up to the light as the Batman or the the, the adventures of Batman and Robin. Alright, so then that's going to move us right into Batman Forever, which was released in 1996 to coincide with the movie. This one was available on Super NES, Sega Master System, Sega Mega Drive Genesis, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy, and PC. This one was fun also. Now, with the with the movie, with the new take, because Michael Keaton wasn't in there, everybody was like, oh, okay, you know, how's this going to be like? They tried the video game out. I don't think it, it was received as well as the 89 version, but this video game, it, it was okay. But the thing was, like how you had mentioned us about the, the Batman and Robin where they're starting to use gadgets, this one emphasized that more, where you can do the gadgets and stuff. And so in the training mode was also something that was pretty cool something new that video games were coming along like the the tomb raider laura croft type stuff yeah that, that this was a this was an okay game this was an okay game one of the things that i remember about the gadgets on this one was that there was a there was some problems with one i know a big with robin's heat gun sometimes when it works it was just a glitch that it seemed like what to me honestly i didn't really like this game very much to be quite honest I didn't think this game was... It, it seemed like they really kind of 
put it together in a hurry to get it out to coincide with the movie instead of like waiting a couple more months to work out all the glitches. Now, obviously, when I was 10 years old, when I actually played this game, I wasn't thinking that. I, I think that now, looking back and realizing that there was some issues with it that could have been resolved just by having a couple more months of development. I remember being very frustrated with this game, but I was pretty young when I got it, so I didn't play it very often. And I think I ended up selling it in a garage sale pretty soon after I bought it. <laughs> so that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Alright, so moving right along, we've got Batman Forever, the arcade game, and that was released in 1996 as well. This one was for arcade, PlayStation, Sega Saturn, and PC. Now, this marked the first game released for PlayStation that was Batman-related. I had an old car. I had an old 80, 1980 Volvo. I sold that car to buy a PlayStation to tell you how much of a video game... <laughs> gamer I am but I sold that way back then just to get a PlayStation and this was one of the games I had to get I had to get this game the arcade version was it was fun it wasn't that bad it was it was okay it was okay but as far as when you're starting to become a gamer like how you were saying does way you know you look back and you say hey there were problems with this during the time we started comparing control schemes and the control scheme wasn't the sharpest you know, that it could be. Yeah, I mean, you take it with the time and the period that they made these games. I don't think I ever played this one, not remembering it. What I can remember about this game was that on most fighting games, you can hit repeatedly on a villain or your enemy or your opponent or whatever. And one of the things that I remember is I had a friend who was like a master of this game, could just play this game for hours. And I remember specifically that he got... He did like a repetitive hit on a villain for, it was like 90-something. And then I read online nowadays that it was actually possible to get 150-plus hits on a single villain, which to me is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because they'll usually get knocked out by the second time. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so then that's going to bring us into Batman and Robin, which was released in 1997, and this one was strictly for Sony PlayStation. Now, the cool thing about this video game was that it gave you a bit of what we were calling free roam. So, free roam was starting to come into play, and this video game, not much like the movie, guys, but the video game was a lot better than the movie. So, if you were a video game fan, you had to play this game and experience Batman like Really, Batman had never been done before. It was not bad. Guess who I played as? <laughs> I can only imagine you probably played as Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's another one of those that I kind of remember, and I do remember it was pretty fun, but the, the whole not having as much of a mission sort of confused me as a young gamer. Gamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, Savannah pointed out, you you were actually able to play with one of the characters, either Batman, Robin, or Batgirl, and each one of them had their own little unique vehicle. Batman had the Batmobile, Robin had the Redbird motorcycle, and then Batgirl had the Batblade. So, to me, it, it was better than the movie. I will completely agree with that statement. But then at the same time, that not-so-much-mission aspect, like Savannah said, huge kind of an in input of my judgment of the game it was like what is really going on here 
<laughs> I did a lot of that, you know, thing that people do when they come over to your house and they don't know how to play the game and they just kind of run the person in circles. And <laughs> I did a lot of that. <laughs> All right, so then that's going to take us to the next one, which is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, obviously based off the movie. This one was released in 2000 after a three-year hiatus of Batman video games. This one was for Nintendo 64, Sony PlayStation, and Game Boy Color. I picked this one up, and this was... Mm, see, I, and I've told Dust this before, and I don't know how to feel about Batman Beyond. I, I really don't know how to how I feel about it. But I picked it up because it's Batman. Of course, I'm going to pick up anything that says Batman. I played it, and, I mean, it's Bruce Tim art style. I wanted that Batman and Robin feel of it. But I think that Ubisoft was, they were pretty much known for other aspects of video games. I want to say more of first-person type company, I guess you can kind of say, rather than the control schemes of an action-adventure type. This was an okay game. I mean, I, I played it. I, I didn't love it, but I, I, I found it enjoyable. I was about to say that I was disappointed that I missed this one, because I really loved that movie, but... That was sort of a lukewarm review, so maybe not so disappointed. <laughs> I love the movie. No, no, don't get me wrong. I love the movie. I just don't... I yeah, don't, the game um, was eh. <laughs> the, the video game was eh. Yeah, my opinion is, if anybody's actually checked out the podcast co-host bios, you can see that I actually put Batman Beyond Return of the Joker right up there at the same quality. Well, I, I should rephrase it. It's not the same quality. I like the story just as much as I like the story of The Dark Knight, and that would probably be my second favorite movie. Now, as far as this video game, the one thing that I didn't like was it was, to me, very, very loosely based off the movie. There was a lot of stuff more from the cartoon than there was from the movie. Now, if you've seen the movie and you play the game, you'd be able to tell that there are certain aspects of the game that are just like, okay, this is really, you're just throwing in villains from the cartoon and, and that has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. And I don't like when they take a video game that's based off a movie and then use characters that aren't from that movie. Another thing that I really didn't like about this game was they started to use the 3D movement stuff where you could kind of follow the characters around. The problem was it was software and development phase that really wasn't mastered at that point. So if you look at screenshots of the game from now, which you can check some of the screenshots out, we have two screenshots from every single one of these games that we're talking about on the website. But if you look at the screenshots, you can see that the 3D image is of the game are very, very low quality. And even though it was just starting out, it was like almost as if, why would you do something like this if it's going to look like that? Right. And that was that, yeah. that was my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If, if, if you're going to get the feel of Batman, it, it's, it's enjoyable, but it's not... I mean, it's not going to be the best video game that you play. Alright, so then that's going to bring us into Batman Chaos in Gotham, which was released in 2001. This was for Nintendo Game Boy Color. Okay, now, at this point, I didn't have my Game Boy anymore. So, this was one of the video games I am sad to say that I did not get. I never saw this game either. I think I had this one. They all sort of run together. <laughs> the Game Boy games. But maybe. Oh, no. I, I'm thinking of the one above it, the racer. 
the chaos in Gotham was one where I just completely missed it because I, I, I wasn't playing my Game Boy anymore. I mean, it, it was just PlayStation and moving on to bigger and better systems, I guess. And right. I, I saw this one at Toys R Us when, of course, visiting the video games. And it's just one of those video games you're like, man, maybe I'll pick it up later. Maybe I'll pick it up later. And look at it now. It's almost, what, nine years later, and I still haven't picked that thing up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was in 2001, which was when all the crazy different stuff was going on. I mean, the GameCube was coming out. The PlayStation was being phased out, which made me very sad. And Xbox. And- Xbox was coming out. Oh, that was the exciting thing, and mm-hmm. they were chain. There were like three or four different kinds of Game Boys out, and I just sort of went too much information and gave up on video games for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then that's going to bring us into the next one, which is Batman Gotham City Racer, which was also released in two thousand one, and this one was for Sony PlayStation. Yes. Now I played this video game. And the graphics are not the best, guys. They're they're not the best. I think that might be an understatement. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they were so they were shell shaded so bad that when you turn the car, some of the squares were still sticking out of where they try to color it. We'll, we'll be serious. <laughs> but the, but the thing was that it it was it gave me a chance to you know what maybe it was maybe it was me that I maybe imagined it more of what it could be, but the thing was that it gave me a chance to be in Gotham City, driving the Batmobile, and going to these different areas. I, I know the graphics were horrible, guys. They were horrible. But the thing is that we're Batman fans, so we're going to enjoy everything, little thing that we can't get a Batman. I, I, for some reason, I know it's the, probably the worst game probably ever made, but... I love this video game because it was it had a Batmobile that you could drive around. That was so awesome. I didn't think it was that bad. It was a racing game. It was Batman. I was I was in. <laughs> my, but... my, my my thoughts on this one was yes, the graphics sucked. But one thing that I thought was super cool was the Batmobile they used was the Batmobile from the new Batman Adventures, which mm-hmm. I loved that Batmobile. And yeah, that's an awesome Batmobile. That would be the one saving point for this game. Yes, it's cool that you can race around Gotham City, but you're not really racing around Gotham City. You're racing around this boxed-in area with just random <laughs> buildings somewhat appearing. It, like Apple said, it's not a very good game, Not, but you know, I still own it because mm-hmm. that's what happens. You know, you're a video game fan, you're a Batman fan, you just own it anyway, but... Like I said, this is not one of those games where if you were definitely coming onto the video game scene and you were a Batman fan and you picked this up, I really hope that it did not ruin you for a while. <laughs> this game would do that. And mm-hmm. it's and like I said, it's not a bad game. It's just it, it goes back into what I said about Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. Graphics just ugh, wow. Yeah, and you know, and and another thing that we have to bring up too that this was the last kind of life of the PlayStation because PlayStation 2 was coming out. And so there was not that many games coming out for PlayStation, but this was one of them. Yeah. And and so... And I I think the the biggest problem was because it came out the same year as Xbox, GameCube, PlayStation 2, all these new systems, it really didn't... It was like, okay, we're going to put this out to try to give PlayStation a boost. Ubisoft, of course, the same people who did Return of the Joker, decided, hey, you know... eh, eh, we're okay with not doing a great job. 
just yeah, do something I was, to make some money. I was nine, and I remember thinking, man, they've really given up on the PlayStation, haven't they? <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I, I, you know what? For fans, you know what? If you have a chance, PlayStation 2s, everybody's got a PlayStation 2. Try to go find it. Play it. I mean, you're, if you're a Batman fan, you're going to find out what we're talking about, and you're going to find that little enjoyment in there also. All right, so that's going to bring us into Batman Vengeance. This was also released in 2001. Now, this is another reason that, that Gotham City Racer was, number one, not as successful, and number two, nobody cared about it, was because at the same point, this game was for Xbox, Nintendo GameCube, PlayStation 2, Game Boy Advance, Microsoft Windows. Now, pretty much... All the brand new fresh systems. I mean, this was everything had the better graphics just because it was a better system. So you could do a lot more with this game. The game was based off the new Batman Adventures, and it was a great game. I mean, Ubisoft worked on this one, but you could tell they actually put some work into it. Yeah, on this one, the best thing too about this video game is that the the cell shadedness of having like the animated series and them trying to bring that into life. In an action video game was awesome. Now, this video game is not going to win any awards, but for Batman fans, it did win an award because it was awesome. It it was it played like a Batman video game that we kind of been waiting for, and so they brought that out. It came out with the strategy guide. I bought the strategy guide. Didn't need it. I just wanted it because it had the cool pictures in there, and so I had to pick <laughs> it up. This video game was awesome, and a lot of fans always want to know. I couldn't get past Mr. Freeze. Hey guys, that's when you gotta learn about timing and throwing your stuff right. So if you're able to throw your weapons right, your batterings right, you were able to get past the Mr. Freeze. I know a lot of gamers got stuck on that part and they were like, oh, this game sucks. Uh, no, you just gotta time it better, guys. <laughs> but this was, this is, for Batman fans, this was a must own also. I enjoyed it. It was one of the first Xbox games that it actually made me glad I'd, that we'd gotten an Xbox because. I was feeling all bitter about them changing it again on me. <laughs> but then this game made it all better. I was one of those people who got stuck on Mr. Freeze, but not forever. <laughs> you know, I just, I gotta point this out, okay? We replaced Chris with Savannah, and how is it that we get another Xbox person? What, what's the deal here? What's, what's the deal? It's like the universe has something out for me. I don't know. <laughs> it's all oh, coming. Come on. <laughs> anyway, all right, moving on to the next one. Justice League and Justice for All was released in 2002, and this one was just for Game Boy Advance. Not a lot to say. This was a Midway Games game. This was the basically the start of all of the Justice League animated show games. There's a bunch of them that will go down as we go on, but this one was just a, one of the ones that was based off that show. This one was fun, and yes, guys, by 2002, I was able to recover and get another Game Boy because uh, <laughs> I didn't want to miss out on any more video games. This one I did pick up, and this was okay game. I mean, it had, like, the other characters that you can play with. I mean, it, it's, it's you weren't missing anything, guys, to be serious. You weren't missing anything about it. <laughs> but, but it, I mean, if you got to own everything of Batman, pick it up. I mean, it was okay. It was okay, but nothing, nothing fantastic. I enjoyed the way I played it, which was on somebody else's Game Boy Advance. <laughs> so I didn't play it very often, but it was fun once in a while. So that's how I recommend it. Find someone else with it. 
All right, moving right along into Batman Dark Tomorrow. This one was released in 2003, and this one was strictly for Xbox and GameCube. Not for the PlayStation. The discrimination begins. <laughs> discrimination in my favor. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, uh, Well, I was going to say something like that, but <laughs> I was like, you got to own every system. I'm telling you, you got to own it. Was, or bet on the fun. right system. <laughs> It That's exactly funny. something Chris would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris. He, he he just had a change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> younger female. <laughs> His dream of Azrael has come true. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's my shot. <laughs> no, this video game was awesome, and the thing was that if fans can remember about, well, okay, fans, don't tie me up and burn me already, guys. Well, listen, hear me out. This this was a point where they started doing packaging deals. And they started doing action figures. And if you bought Batman Dark Tomorrow, it actually came with a special edition where you can buy an action figure that came with it. Batman Dark Tomorrow was... Uh, I think fans were waiting to see a good story as far as a Batman video game to come out. And they thought that this was going to be the one that takes them to uh, the next level. And you know, the funny thing is about the new Batman Arkham Asylum video game, this is what I think a lot of Batman fans kind of referred back to, the Dark Tomorrow version. It's like, well, that was supposed to be like that back then. This video game, it, it was it was good. I know the controls were kind of bad. The cape, whenever you moved it, your the first person view always got in the way because you were now looking in the back and then you had to move the control back the other way just to see. <laughs> that was one of the annoying things about it. It, it. it was something different. It was something different for fans that, you know, there was hope for us thinking that there might be a Batman video game that has a comic book story to it and it was coming out. And so this was, the graphics were okay. They were, they were decent. The controls were the horrible point of this video game. Batman fans, we bought it and played it. Um, it was okay also. Those of us with Xboxes really enjoyed this game. <laughs> yeah. It, I agree. <laughs> it was kind of tough with controls, but Eh, I just feel kind of lukewarm about it. It was fun, but I didn't play it very often. I think we expected more from the villains. So. I think that's what we, we wanted, more of the villains that were in this video game. Yeah. My two cents on this video game is I have actually never played this game because, as everyone knows, I don't own an Xbox. But I do own a Wii, and as we know, Wiis are backwards compatible with GameCube games. So if anybody has Batman Dark Tomorrow and can't stand it, Email me at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net <laughs> and I'll get in touch with you and see what we can work out so that I can take that off your hands since you're not playing it and you think it sucks anyway. Because <laughs> I can play it on my Wii. Moving right along to Justice League Chronicles 2003 was released and this one was another one that was released strictly for Game Boy Advance. Now my two cents on this one is it sucked. It sucked bad. This game was not worth the money whatsoever. It was basically three levels that has two characters apiece. The first one was Green Lantern and Flash. The second one was Batman and Hawkgirl. And the last one was Superman and Wonder Woman. That was it. There was nothing to this game. It was the biggest waste of money if you bought this. Yes, and I wasted money. <laughs> but 
as fans know, I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty big Green Lantern fan also. I wanted to play with Green Lantern. I wanted more from him because, you know, it's one of those DC characters that never gets, you know, the kind of do that, you know, he should get. But, yeah, this it was so bad. I mean, I oh, it sucked. <laughs> well, I guess I wasn't one of those that wasted money on it because I don't think I've ever actually heard about this game. Somehow, fate excluded me from the ripping off. The bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so then that's going to bring us into Batman Rise of Zinzu. And this was released in 2004, and this was for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube. Now, this one was fun, because now you can invite a friend over, so that way y'all can play with, like, different characters. It still had that Batman animated feel, but what was cool about it, the way they advertised it, was that you can also get a Batman action figure that was actually in the box with the video game. You could have got it that way. And also, they were advertising it as Jim Lee was the one that was drawing the Sinju, so that was, like, a big thing that was in there. It's of course I picked it up, played it, and it was okay. It was good. I mean, it, it it's one of the okay Batman video games of Batman's history that you can actually pick up and really kind of enjoy. I've heard people just rave about this game. It's and also hate it. It seems like sort of polarizing. I for some reason never got it, but I've heard it's really good and I've heard it's really bad. Yeah, my opinion on this one is that. As you said, there are some people out there that can't stand this game, and there's some people who like it a lot. I'm one of the people who I really enjoyed it. I didn't think there was a lot to it. It was very yeah, simplistic would probably be the best word to describe it. But for the most part, it was interesting how they took an original story. This was years after the new Batman Adventures was off air. And they take the same aspect of those characters and apply them into this. Whereas basically, as you're playing the game, it's almost as if you were watching another direct-to-DVD Batman animated adventure. That's what it seemed like to me. And there was a lot of th cool things that they incorporated. There were some webisodes that Jim Lee drew some online comics for this video game. There's a lot of cool aspects that really got into the, we're really going to, market this out to a lot of people because the internet was becoming well was a lot more popular at this point and video games in general were becoming not so much a, a luxury but more of a everybody has them. I agree I mean it, it was one of the fun things and, and the thing was that what made it fun was that you could have cooperative play in here and that's what we've been asking for too you know is co-op we would love co-op and so this video game was able to bring it and you know we were able to enjoy it i i i enjoyed it i think it's it's one of the better batman video games and if you're a batman video game fan you know this is you know pretty much must buy for your collection all right so that brings us to batman begins which was released in 2005 to coincide with the movie this was for playstation 2 xbox gamecube and Game Boy advance Yes. Now, with the updated graphics, with the updated systems, I mean, of course, Batman Begins coming out, you know, just looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to another Batman video game was, you know, something I look forward to. This one was really good because it kind of kept that aspect of the film inside the video game. And that's very hard to do, but it, it kind of kept that. Now, the graphics were good they weren't excellent and they weren't the best but they're like the third tier down and that was good the best part of this video game for me 
was the Batmobile. When you're able to race down the highway with the Batmobile and even have the boost, oh man, that was so cool. I love that. I I wanted. I, I thought the story was okay. I mean, you it, as far as a movie, as a movie video game, a lot of people know. Hey, you know, if it's a movie and it's coming out in a video game, it's probably not going to be that good. But you know what? This was okay. I mean, I thought this was another must-own Batman video game for fans. I really loved it. Like you said, it kept the mood of the movie, and I was somewhat impressed with the graphics, which, looking at the pictures, I can't figure out, because they are sort of mediocre, but it was pretty nice. Pretty good game. Yeah, as far as this game, this was probably one of the games that I really, really enjoyed. The The pictures that we have on the website, they really don't show a real whole lot of justice what the game was. But it stayed true to the movie, but it also branched out and there was other missions that really had nothing to do with the movie, which that's what I think a video game needs to have. It can't just be based on the movie because it's a video game. A movie's not 100% action scenes the entire time unless the title is Batman and Robin. So because of that, you can't have a video game that's based on nothing but a movie without having added scenes. This added scenes that fit perfectly adding scenes when he was over over in Asia they had they had levels where you were learning that you were training you had levels where you were learning how to use different weapons it was like training levels but they were worked into the main mission which i i really enjoyed this game this game honestly i can't really i don't have any really complaints except for i wish it was a little bit longer yes yeah i i i agree 100% i wish it was a longer video game it it was fun, and uh, you know it's a must buy if you're a Batman video game fan. You have to add this to your collection. It was fun. Yeah, it was. All right, so then that's going to bring us into Justice League Heroes, which was released in 2006 for Xbox, PlayStation 2, PlayStation Portable, Nintendo DS, and Game Boy Advance. This video game was I was kind of really like. In, in the mood like, oh, okay, you know, this is going to be something bigger because the previous Justice Leagues, they were all on Game Boy. So I was like, all right, this is coming out for the Xbox or PS2. And, of course, I had both, so I could choose whichever one I wanted. <laughs> so, but I went ahead and played it. I, I thought it was, uh, it wasn't one of the best, guys. I, I'll just come out and say it. it wasn't one of the best. I got to play with Batman, and that was fun. But you don't always get to play with Batman in this one. It was much like the Game Boy Advance one where you had the 2 by 2 from the previous one. And that's how much this one was like, kind of like that. Not really that well done. I mean, the Batman looked okay. He looked cool, you know. If you want to play with Batman, he looked cool. He looked okay. But it wasn't one of the best, in my opinion. Uh, this was another one that I skipped over. I guess I wasn't... I'm guess I was never very interested in the multi-character Justice League ones, so I don't have much to say on this one. <laughs> All right, in my, my opinion of this one was, I think the direction that they wanted to go with this game, or whether they did go in with the, this game, was great. The idea of having all these superheroes, any of these Justice League, League games could have been great. The problem arises the same problem that arises when they start talking about making a Justice League movie. When you have all these different characters that have all these special powers, how do you give each character their time, their, their time on screen to make it worthwhile? 
And that's <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem with all the other Justice League games. That's why this one had a problem too. You couldn't be the superhero you wanted to be. You had to be a specific superhero for a specific level. And that was the issue that I had. Also, it was very two-dimensional, as simplistic as we said earlier to describe some of the other ones. It's There's nothing really to it. It's just cut dry, you go down the road that's blocked off, you can't go anywhere but down the road, and that's all there is. It's, I mean... I, yeah, you couldn't even move forward. If someone was moving forward, you couldn't even move forward until they move forward. That yeah. was... Hello. I mean, that was 1998, not 2006. Come yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> Alright, so then that's going to move us into the 2008 release of Lego Batman, the video game. This was for... Awesome! This was for <laughs> 3, Nintendo Wii, Xbox 360, PS2, Nintendo DS, PSP, and PC. Pretty much yes. everything. This was a very fun video game. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I expect the best from Traveler's Tales, and boy, did they deliver. I love that Lego Batman video game. Fans can see that on whenever I log into my game system. They can see how much I love the Lego Batman video game. Whenever they click on my profile, they can see it. I, I love I love this video game. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, it was... I mean, all of the Lego games are amazing. It's just... I always feel so juvenile buying them, but once I start playing them, they're just amazing. And You have to show somebody what, what you mean by... You know what I mean by fun? <laughs> because everybody's like, <laughs> exactly. you Lego? Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> you, know, but yeah. you, don't, you don't have to explain it to gamers. Gamers know Lego already. They know that that's a fun game. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my opinion, I, we've talked about we actually talked about the Lego Batman video game on the last podcast when we talked about the recap. This game was amazing, and my only complaint, which really isn't a complaint, I just wish it was longer. Because as great as it was, I wish it had instead of thirty levels, I wish it had sixty levels. Just because that way there'd be more and more to do. I mean, I finished it one hundred percent, and after you finish it one hundred percent, you don't really have a whole lot more to do. You can go back and do it again, but I just wish it could have went on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, bring yeah, some I more guess... stuff or download. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. I maybe they'll, you know, I felt the same way when they came out with the first Star Wars one, and then they came out with a sequel, and I was like, yes, maybe they yeah. listened. Maybe they'll come out with a Batman two. That would be <laughs> awesome. It would be awesome. Yes. And hopefully they do, considering, you know, we had that unfortunate news that Lego's dropping the Batman Lego toys. Hopefully this is what the legacy is. It's just going to be the Batman video games, which would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's going to bring us also into 2008 with Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe. This was for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Mortal Kombat fans are going to be, I know I've heard, I heard y'all guys talk. I heard y'all. And I know what you guys said. Y'all are like, why did DC have to be here? Why can't it just be another Mortal Kombat video game? Because Batman and the other guys are cool. <laughs> That's why they made this video game. Uh, I know Mortal Kombat fans were like, uh, why DC? Why not Marvel or something? Hey, you know what? Sorry, guys. Batman is cooler and he's the best. I love Midway for even uh, going to DC and attempting this. I loved it. I loved I loved the, the fighting aspect. I'm not a very good fighter video game expert um pretty much as bottom of the pole as they get that's not my forte as far as video games but being able to play with batman that was cool i loved it 
I actually have not bought this one yet because, gasp, I don't have either a PlayStation or an Xbox 360. I really want to play this one, so... The Joker's fun. The Joker's fun to play with on the Yeah, I've seen videos of, of it, and I am just get more excited every time, and I just have to find some time and money to get a PlayStation or a Xbox. <laughs> Alright, so then that's going to bring us to what we know now. This year we are going to have Batman Arkham Asylum. And this is going to be released for PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and PC. As we know, we haven't played it, but we can talk about what we've seen so far. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, Paul Dini, what else do we need? Exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is going to be so cool. Edios, if anybody knows Edios, they're famous for the Tomb Raider series. Uh, Rocksteady, the other developers that are in this video game, a strong developing points from their company. I, I don't think video game fans know the powerhouse of these developers and what they can do with this video game. Me being a, a video game fan, knowing these companies, I am expecting something totally cool, totally awesome. And some of the news that they leaked, some of the screenshots that they, they, they that's come out about it, that's what I've kind of kind of already expected from Rocksteady, like their style. I, I think fans, Batman fans that are not really video game fans, they are gonna love this video game. Yeah, the screenshots I mean they look like art. They're just awesome looking. And I like the description of it. It's described as, you know, compared to Bioshock and Resident Evil 4 and a bunch of games that I also like, so that's a good sign. Yeah, I think the the best thing about this game is that they're sticking more to the comic book-esque of a story. The fact that they've got Paul Dini writing the story is amazing. Uh, that's just, it's, it's great. And the fact that we've got a ton of stuff that is... Basically, I guess you could call it Batman Legacy with Kevin Conroy voicing Batman, Mark Hamill voicing the Joker. I mean, that's perfect because that's who you expect to voice those characters. So when this game comes out, we're, we're going to be blown away. And that's all I can hope for and all I expect is to be blown away when this game comes out. I, I think fans are going to be in for a real treat. I, I hope Edios Rocksteady, if you are listening... Please put multiplayer in there just for us, even if it's like a little bit of, you know, a little bit of areas. I mean, I, I know I know what these companies can do, and I think Batman fans are really in for a real treat from this one. All right, so, and then we'll just briefly mention, obviously we've got DC Universe Online coming out sometime in the future, 2009, 2010. But stay tuned to hear more about that as we'll discuss that on the DC Universe Online podcast that we do. It will be coming out shortly in the near future, so just keep in mind that it will be coming out. And then also, we've got the Dark Knight game, which, as we said, we'll talk more about that the next time on the podcast, just because we want to dedicate a little bit more time to talking about that, as well as talking about some ideas that we have for Batman games that we would love to see incorporated. Alright, so that's going to about wrap it up for this feature as well as the podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed the video game history. I know it was long, but we didn't have a whole lot of news, so at the same time, no worries. It all evens out in the end. So, this is Dustin. This is Apple. This is Savannah. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys.